Pi Pompey fans, and thanks for joining us for the first ever episode of the PO Forecast, the official podcast for Pompey News Now. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at PO Forecast, and if you don't already follow the Pompey News Now Twitter, uh, give that a follow as well at Pompey News Now. My name is Hugh, I'm going to be hosting this alongside me is Matt, but give me a follow at PuckDrop UK. Matt, introduce yourself. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us today on our first episode. Thanks Hugh, it's great to be with you. Cheers. You can follow me on Twitter at mcorrick 87 So now we're done with a little bit of uh, self-promotion, promotion for the site. Uh, let's get everything underway. So today we're going to be looking at uh, the new additions to the squad. We're going to run through... Uh, each player that's joined uh, Kenny Jackett's team and uh, look at what we think they add to the squad. Uh, then we're going to be looking, secondly, at new players that could be coming in, some transfer rumours, what we think about that. And finally, we're going to be previewing the Luton match, uh, which is fast approaching now. And we'll be giving our thoughts on the formation and what we think is going to be happening in it. So, Matt, new additions. Let's start off at the back and work our way forward. Yeah. Uh, new keeper. Craig McGivery, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, big shock when I sort of first heard the news. Um, and that might seem like a surprise to you. Obviously, um, you know, we, we sort of lacked in the keeper area last year. We had McGee, but, you know, only sort of backing up there was Alex Bass. Um, you know, I, I think it's a solid signing, mate, I'm not going to lie. Um, I think there was a, a few occasions last season that McGee possibly cost us, you know, a few points throughout. Um, and obviously when you're sort of looking towards a promotion season, which I think everybody might agree that we are this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, he he's going to give you that bit extra and that, that bit more stability at the back. Uh, obviously very highly rated by Shrewsbury fans as well. I mean, Shrewsbury fans are pretty gutted to see him go. I know they had that uh, Man United keeper, what was his name again that came in? Uh, I think it was Dean Henderson. Yeah, so. yeah, he, he was filling in. Um, they had penciled him in to be their, their number one for this season. So it's a good signing, but I feel that... He's joined us to start, isn't he? He's not going to be came come to Pompey really to sit on the bench. Definitely not. No, no, hundred percent. And I and I think uh, it'd be interesting to hear what everyone sort of feels on on him sort of almost coming in and replacing McGee. Really. Yeah, well, it's it's a tough one for McGee, really, isn't it? But he's he's a good professional, and we'll see how those two battle it out over the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving into defence, we've got uh, Lee Brown, who seems to be becoming a fan favourite, really, from the off. Uh, he adds quite a lot of a bit of steel down the left. Seems to have a good delivery. Yeah. Um, but he looks defensively solid. And I don't know if you think, Matt, but the defence maybe lacked a little bit of leadership last season. A hundred percent. And obviously, you know, I think from from what you hear from the Bristol City fans, you know, he's going to add so much to the dressing room. I think a lot of of discussion at the end of last season was how we lacked that experience. Um, you know, especially with Doyle going, leaders like that. So I think Brown will definitely come in and, and sort of bring that leadership quality to, you know, what what is very much so a quite a young squad. So, yeah. I mean, we are particularly young at the back in that sense. I mean, we look at the two centre-halves yeah. who I think I've got penciled in. Um, obviously, got Watmore and Clark together. Yeah. Um, and the two of them, you know, it's quite a lot to ask for them to, to provide that leadership. And definitely. I think Lee Brown can, can add a bit of that together. So... Yeah, decent signing all round, I think. And then if we move into midfield, uh, I'll be honest, this was something I've been uh, talking about a lot on Twitter, who I wanted to get in. Um, Anton Walks. Yep. I think he's a great signing. Absolute top-notch. I'm delighted to have him back, mate, um, in all honesty. I think he, 
you know, he gives you that security in the middle. As we were discussing before the show, you know, I, I don't think there's ever occasion when, you know, he's putting his foot in that you sort of feel a bit worried. You know, he, he clicks the ball up beautifully in midfield. And we've already seen, you know, in pre-season how confident he is in front of goal as well. So, yeah. It was a cracking strike, wasn't it? Oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think that with Wolves, one of the best things that we can get when we look at how we play uh, last season, we're a little bit... Uh, attempted to hoof the ball forward, much to the um, dislike, shall we say, of the threat and faith. I was trying to think of a polite way of putting that. But yeah, no, Walks enables us to get the ball back, really get our foot on the ball and move it, pass it forwards, yeah. which, is, which is what we need with our flair players. Really. Oh, completely. And I think, you know, when, when you were sort of discussing about, you know, throwing the ball forward a lot, um, you know, I think he gives you that option to to pass the ball in and and then leave the midfield to do the rest of the work, which takes that pressure off people like Matt Clark and Burgess feeling like they need to come out that little bit more. I mean, I did a little bit of um, statistical looking into how Pompey played with Walks and without Walks last season. Um, Pompey actually won one point seven games uh, more than they would do without Walks. So oh, right. basically, uh, it's nearly nearly two times more games. Not obviously not quite. Uh, I know we outshot them a lot with more with walks and scored more and had a 50% win weight rate when he was in the team. That's great, isn't um, it? Yeah, it so, you know, I think that's... Uh, Pompey fans may be thinking about, you know, what marquee signings have we uh, have we signed so far, but I actually feel getting walks from Spurs is, is a big addition to the team. Oh, hugely, yeah. I think I think he, you know, was 100% a must. And obviously we we got given the delay and... You know that it was held off for a little while, which obviously uh, sort of intensified that excitement. But obviously now we're uh, across the line with that. You know we can sort of uh, look forward to a bit of stability in the midfield and just hope he stays fit. Yeah, uh, I mean now let's look at Tom Naylor, another good addition to midfield. You know on the same ilk as as Walks, slightly yeah. different player. Hundred percent different player, yeah. Um, and and again, I think he's going to bring a lot of experience into the team as well. Um, obviously, you know. Highly rated at Burton. I think they must be absolutely gutted to have lost out on him, especially having him last season. So, yeah. I think with with Naylor as well, something that you know should be re- really looked into is how good his passing is. Uh, he, he really can put the ball out left, right. He plays with his head up the whole time. And I remember, remember talking to some Burton fans and asking them, you know, what do they like about him? Can he raise his game uh, to the big games, you know, when needed? If we're in the playoffs or... You know, when we really need him, they said to me, look, Naylor's the kind of player that already plays 110% every game. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he doesn't raise his game for big games because he always plays that level. And I think Pompey fans are going to really like watching him play across the season. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I mean, the the question is also going to be there. I mean, from, from what I've read about, you know, from the Burton fans, I think, is he going to bring the goals? You know, we I think we need a few more goals from midfield, and certainly if he doesn't, will he allow someone else to to go and do that for us? So you know, I think all round again, it's another addition that's going to work completely in our favour this season. I mean, he's great in the air. Um, I know that he scored a great goal for Burton when he uh, on his head against Gillingham, which pretty much sealed their promotion. So he's another player who's going to add that leadership to the team, and I think with the young players we've got, it should help seal the team uh, together. Now, next player to look at. Ronan Curtis, obviously a lot talked about, uh, and I can see why watching him at Utrecht at the, at the weekend. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on Ronan Curtis? 
Um, yeah, I mean, he, a bit of an unknown, obviously. Um, you know, when, when there was the, the talk at the start, the very start of, of sort of transfer discussions, um, it sort of seemed like a bit of a shock for me. I was certainly thinking that there might be a, a bit more of an English name um, possibly come into it, you know, someone with a bit of experience within the EFL. Um, but, I mean, as you said, you know, a fantastic performance um, at Fratton Park um, for his home debut against Utrecht. Um, ticked all the boxes for you, definitely, um, I think. So, from what you were saying earlier. I mean, he got a man of the match performance, which obviously... In a friendly doesn't always mean the most, but I think he was probably the best player on the, on the pitch. He plays with his head up. He work works really hard, uh, and he's he's got a good shot. But he's playing out of position as well up front. I don't think he played up front much for Derry. Uh, I see him more as a left midfielder, really, possibly play through the middle. But I can't. I don't really see him playing up front, which is what where Candy Jacket deployed him against Utrecht. So. Be interesting to see where he plays. Obviously, it depends on the system. Do we oh. stick a four four two? If so, I still want him to slide in on the on the left wing. But obviously, that will depend on who we get to bring in up front, which we'll come to obviously later on in the yeah. second part. Uh, so yeah, I think he's he's got flair. He's uh, he works hard, and uh, we'll see what he can bring. But I'm pretty happy with that signing. Yeah, I mean, I I think as well the the thing with with regards to flair as such is is that. You know, you've got Jamal Lowe on the right. If if you take, you know, Curtis out onto the left, I think you're looking at a, a really exciting sort of front line. Um, and obviously, you know, we'll all have our fingers crossed that Pittman pops up with with a few goals this season as well. So. Well, he was always a good bet, wasn't he? A cheeky bet for it, a 1-0. Always a, a bunch 1-0, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take that. No, good old Brett. Um, but anyway, so we've got the two centre midfielders set there. We've got the new boys. Well, Walks obviously is not new, but he's new as a permanent contract for two years. Uh, we've got Naylor in the middle and we've got Curtis uh, on the wing. And then uh, Louis Dennis came in from Bromley. So it's another one of those sneaking down into non-league yep. and seeing if we can get a diamond in the rough. So Jamal Lowe-Ilk. Any thoughts, Matt, so far? Yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's just hope it's not another uh, Nicky Kabamba situation. Um, there seems to be a lot of hype around him. Um, I mean, I've myself only seen the the highlight reels on Twitter, um, and and obviously the highlights from the Gosport game, uh, as we were sort of discussing the game before the the show. Um, you know, his his footwork looked incredibly good, um, but will that you know sort of tick over in League One? Uh, will players be sold by a, a few sort of stepovers? Something that maybe you know. It sort of would be great if we're looking for a goal late on, I think. Do you think he's maybe used to playing against players at a lower level and being able to dominate them with his ability? 100%, yeah. And and I think that's, you know, we, we all questioned it with Jamal when he came up and said, can he do it at this level? And, and he adapted instantly to, to League Two. Again, we questioned him at League One and he stepped up and did it. So, I mean, I'm not negative to it at all. I'm interested. I think it's a really intriguing signing. Um, but yeah, I just... You know, obviously don't know enough yet to, to be able to judge him. So we'll, we'll sort of see how that goes throughout the season. It's a good sign. It's an interesting sign-in. Uh, and then I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's for our signing so far. Mm. Yeah, obviously, you know, we were, were expecting a few more. And um, obviously we'll be discussing that in uh, the next part of the show. So I say that's it because obviously we're leading on to the next part of the show. So... 
let's move on. Who is coming into the tar- into the side? Well, let's let, let's say let's hope who's coming into the side because no, there's some interesting no. signings. I'm here. gonna I'm gonna say who is coming in because I'll be honest, Matt. We need a new striker and we need a new winger. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, who's coming in? Welcome back to part two of PO Forecast and we're going to look at the transfer rumours, who could be coming in. Uh, it's all a little bit vague at the moment. Uh, I know that Pompey are keeping quite a tight ship, should we say, on who comes in and who comes out. So we're just going to go through who's been rumoured and what we think of them. So let's start with uh, Collarclough, Matt, from Wigan. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that he could possibly be coming in. Uh, how much and where you think he adds value? What do you think? What's your thoughts? Yeah, um, so again, um, another unknown player to myself, but um, from the, the highlight reels of Twitter, um, it, it sort of looks good. Um, I mean, if we we were sort of discussing earlier when we were talking about the, the new additions to the squad already, I think, you know, that left side is pivotal. Um, you know, at the moment, I think... Brandon Houndstrup has been drafted in there um, and seems to have done a good job. But I think throughout a, a competitive league one season, I think we need someone that's going to do that. And I mean, my, my question is, is Collarclough going to be experienced enough to, to sort of do that? And I think from what you put out on Twitter today, um, you know, uh, getting an opinion from the Wigan fans, is it going to be something that's going to work for us, You you know? I mean, there's there's a little bit of chatter, and I'm, I was talking to some Wigan fans today about you know what he would add to the team, and he's got the ability. He can pick up the ball. He can he can run uh, at defenders. He causes them problems when he's on his game. Uh, he's direct, and he sort of arrives arrives late in the box. You know, he's good shot, and he can cause all kind of problems. But Wigan fans are saying the issue really there is consistency, oh. and can he consistently play at that level? Because he has been known to to go missing really after a good performance. So there are a few question marks for me on whether he would be the impact player that we need down that left-hand side or whether he'd just purely be a sort of a squad player just to add a bit of depth to the team. And then if it's worth it or not, really then comes down to how much Wigan uh, actually want for him. Uh, There's a bit of discussion over that as well. And I think that's where Pompey and, and Wigan might be disagreeing over the value of, of the player himself. Um, I suppose, Matt, do you have an idea on value, what you think he might cost? or? Well, I mean, the thing is, I think from what you hear from Wigan fans, you know, he hasn't made too many appearances for them. And when he has, he's been inconsistent, obviously, as well, he's still of a young age. So um, is it worth paying a, a large amount of money and taking that gamble? Um, I think maybe a few years ago, we might have, have looked at doing something like that. Um, but I think now the, the ship sort of a lot more stable um there's not such urgency to to drag these players in on a on a sort of you know hope that they're going to do something so i mean i i would be sort of satisfied with with something around about the 250 300,000 mark for for someone of his ability i suppose um and then you just have to hope that the the price tag sort of matches the quality that we see on the pitch yeah i think that i i'm looking really around 350k for him I think that's a reasonable amount and I think Wigan are looking to get back a bit of money now on players they maybe think will be in their first team 
Um, they haven't got lots of money, and they need a bit of money if they're going to fund any other new signings. Yeah, completely. Uh, I remember I was, uh, Andrew Moon was saying that he thinks that money is the reason that we haven't sort of come to an agreement. But the interest is there, so it'll be interesting to see if Pompey can get him and if you know how he does when if he does put on a blue shirt. Um, moving on, and um, we'll carry on with the uh, Wigan theme. Uh, and this is one that's been out there, and Pompey fans are a little bit split, but there's a lot of excitement. Whether it's actually going to happen or not, I've absolutely no idea how legit the, the rumour is, but uh, Devante Cole, Matt. Yeah, um, I mean, he's certainly a player that interests me. Um, I mean, me and you were again discussing, you know, his, his previous at Fleetwood. Um, you know, and you, and you look at it and... Uh, I mean, in a way, it's not flattering. Um, I think, you know, he had a, a good half of the season at Fleetwood yesterday. Ten before. goals, wasn't it? Ten yeah, goals. Yeah, ten goals, you were saying, in um, 15 appearances, was it, was it something? Well, it was, it, was, it was ten goals for the first half of the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, we, we sort of discussed that if he was to continue on that form, you'd be looking at another 20-plus goal striker a season. Um, but... The, the history's not there throughout his career so far. Um, so I think that's probably where the question mark hangs over his head. But, I mean, from what I've seen of him, um, you know, he looks like an exciting prospect. And obviously, again, he's still young, so there's uh, room for progress. And I think you'd probably see that more in someone like Devante Cole, possibly, than, than Colourclough. So, yeah, you know, I, I think it's something that we should, you know, be looking at or the, the type of player we should at least be looking at. Yeah, especially since I know that it was talked about with um, with Mo Iser and he's gone to he's gone to Bristol City, but I know Jacket is interested in a sort of player who's who's got that pace and and power up front and, and can lead the line and you know we all we all love Brett Pittman but can we rely on him to be the sole you know goal scorer and the sole person to lead the forwards up front? It's a difficult one. Uh, is is uh, Hawkins going to get twenty goals? Is no, is Chaplin going to get twenty goals? No, no, definitely not. So I think we have to look to bring in a striker, and if it's not Devante Cole, it's got to be someone of that sort of ilk. So we'll see where that that one goes. And um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'd like him, but uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, moving on, uh, we've got a long staff from Newcastle. Yeah. He's another, well, I'd say cultured midfielder. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, th- I think, you know, one thing that's that's sort of been going through my mind throughout this transfer is I, d- I don't think that um, him having such a, a great pre-season as sort of documented quite publicly um, is really going to help our cause. No, it's not, is it? Um, I think the, there's going to be a definitely a lot of championship clubs now on alert if, if it is something that Newcastle would consider doing, letting him out on loan. Um Again, it was something you put out on Twitter um, and the response from Newcastle fans seem uh, to sort of think that, you know, it's not something that's going to happen and, and they're actually going to require him this season. He's played every game, isn't he, in pre-season so far? He has he? so far, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not too sure on, on the statistics of minutes, but um, I know he's made an appearance and I think he's he sort of made quite a big impression, um, especially for someone that was on loan at Blackpool last season, scored eight goals from midfield. Um you know, it doesn't scream Premier League quality, but then again, you know, is it another a diamond in the rough as such? So I think if we could get him, it'd be great. But I'm not holding my breath for that one at all. Just on the level that he's played every game for Newcastle, they haven't signed a new number ten that their fans wanted. No. Yeah. So unless you know tomorrow or the next day we hear about something, you know, Newcastle making a marquee number, you know, number ten sort of signing, um, then maybe they'll let him go out on loan. But until that happens, that one is very much on hold. I think. 
Yeah, definitely. So um, here's an interesting one. Uh, we got uh, Richie Tao from uh, from Brighton, and obviously, you know, he was on loan at Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, plenty of League One experience, I suppose you could say. Um, I think he was uh, quite well liked up there, and and definitely, uh, you know, helped them achieve the the promotion last season, uh, albeit through the playoffs. Um, you know, other than that, that I, I'm not going to lie, I don't know too much about him. Uh, obviously, we were discussing the the famous article in the uh, Irish paper. <laughs> yeah, um, it's the Independent, wasn't it? This is actually this is one that really um, sort of cracked me up. And after Brighton got promoted um, to the Premier League, and he didn't play a massive part in that season, uh, he was completely surprised himself to be offered a two year contract, which runs into 2019. It's not often you hear a player saying that they were, you know surprised and thought they weren't rated at all by the, by the team and then was just you know offered a contract uh, and then he's not played for him and I think they were thinking about loaning him out to the championship that didn't happen last season he went no. he went to Rotherham and then obviously Rotherham have got promoted but his wages is apparently the stumbling block there I mean he wants to go back to Rotherham I've heard but if Rotherham can't afford to pay him this this contract that even he was surprised to have I don't know the details and that could be something that we could swoop in and, and poach him for I'd and I don't know how much the wages are, but... No, I mean, I, I don't either. But I think the the one thing you, you've got a question is, you know, this is a sort of, you know, a rumour that's, that's sort of come from nowhere as per se with, I think, just the stumbling block of wages at Rotherham. Um, as I said, I don't know a lot about him, but it sort of seems like we're clutching at straws a little bit, um, you know, gasping for the number 10 position to be filled. Um, again, you know, let us all know on, on Twitter your feelings towards that rumour because, you know, um, I'd love to hear a bit more about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we could all do that with a little bit of more input, but that's just how it is with um, these rumours at the moment. So, yeah, hit us up on Twitter, people. So, and then the last one I've got down here is Matthew. Uh, so, uh, it's the sort of brief... Uh, rumour that we heard regarding Marcus Tavernier from Middlesbrough. Uh, again, um, not sort of overly um, sort of big marquee signing, but again, someone that could obviously um, give us that sort of pace and, and direct play uh, going forward out on the left. Um, you know, from everything I've read from Borough fans um, and from, you know, the few appearances I've seen him make for the club, I think, you know, it would be probably out of the rumoured um, so far, I think he would probably be the better um, sort of gamble as such. They've got uh, a big squad as well, haven't they, Middlesbrough? I think I think squad, he might, yeah. they might be more willing to let him go. Uh, I haven't heard too much about him going elsewhere, so it could, it could be a good sign, to be honest, and we need more depth on the wings. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, it's gone all quiet on the uh, northeast front, shall we say, um, with regards to that story. But, yeah, um, yeah you know, conny, <laughs> conny little line there. But, um, like it. yeah, you know, ho- hopefully maybe, um, you know, if nothing comes of, um, you know, the colour cloth uh, sort of situation, then hopefully maybe that will uh, sort of warm back up again and we can sort of see where that one goes. And then um, I suppose the only thing else to consider is the the Connor Chaplin uh, saga, as I'm going to call it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been going on for quite a while now, and um, I think everyone here knows who's listening that you know Coventry are you know the suitors. They want him to replace Mark Minogti, who went off to Reading, 
Um, you know, it would have been great if we had him around looking for a new striker now, but yeah. that's yeah. how it is. And I think Connor would fit in well at Coventry. He could fill that that uh, gap has been left now, or void has been left by McNulty. I think that he deserves really to to be able to play, to be able to play, you know, week in, week out and, and get a chance to really prove himself, which he's not really had at Pompey. No, no, 100% agree with you. I mean, um, definitely a fan favourite coming through the academy. Um, you know, and, and there's been occasions where, where he's shown glimpses of brilliance and, you know, sometimes that would be enough for some yeah, people. Sure. But he just, you know, over the last sort of couple of successful seasons, he he's not... Um, you know, come into Cook's plans at all since Kenny's taken over. He's not really sort of come to the forefront under Kenny Jackett. So, uh, you know, I, I think he, you're right. He does deserve that opportunity to go and play first team football. I think he is capable of doing that. Um, and he's only going to get better with, with the more game time that he gets. Um, I just think, obviously, you know, a lot of, of Connor's problems are his immaturity sometimes and, and the strange decisions that he makes out on the pitch so um you know genu- i'm genuinely gutted um as someone who's followed his career closely you know i think yeah it, it's we're such big a fans shame. both of us i mean yeah but, I mean, flipping it around uh, if it was a case that you know we're playing 4-4-2 uh, as we did against utrecht uh, and jackie had the confidence in him you know you like to see him start up front with Pittman, but that's not the case and you know, when you put Ronan Curtis up front, you know, who's who's a midfielder, as we said earlier on, and Chaplin starts, you know, off the bench, you have to think, you know, that's not what we need up front. We need, you know, striking depth. Yeah. And if Jackie doesn't have faith in him, then it's it's not really fair to keep him round for, for him. And it's also not going to help Pompey no, uh, going no, totally. forward either. So we'll have to hold our breath. But as far as we know, you know, it's all pending on us getting a new striker. And... There's not that much out there, and rumour-wise. So no. either Pompey are holding their cards very close to their chest, as we know they do well, or uh, maybe we'll find Chaplin starting here and we'll see how happy he is with that. All right, um, moving on, we're going to have the third period where we're going to look at the looting game. We're going to preview that and give us your thoughts. So stay tuned. So, Luton is fast approaching at home, uh, obviously on Saturday at Fratton Park. And uh, let's give a little preview on what we think about Luton, Matt. Obviously, they were promoted last season, coming second to uh, Aki, Stanley. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about Luton, Matt? What's your initial thoughts on him? Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, we all, we all know about Luton from uh, previous fixtures back in uh, the dreaded League 2. Um you know, never, never an easy team um, to, to sort of get a result against. Um, generally, got quite a good squad, um, which they they seem to sort of pack out a lot more last season. Um, you know, and got got a goal for it in James Collins. Uh, whether he can do that in League One, uh, maybe you know, it's going to be a bit of a step up for him. He's not overly sort of pacey, um, but he is great in the air, which is something that we're going to have to uh, obviously make sure that we. Um, keep tight at the back and, and keep on top of him. Um, I think, you know, I was, I was reading today that I think Sky are giving the, the mods of 7-1 to one for promotion. Um, that's quite that's quite good, isn't it, for yeah, a newly promoted team? Yeah, for a newly promoted team, definitely. Um, I think they're, they're possibly one of the teams that could, you know, do back-to-back promotions. But uh, as we were sort of discussing earlier, Hugh, I just, you know, I can't see it. I think there's too much strength in the, in the league uh, with the likes of Barnsley, uh, Sunderland, Charlton, ourselves, 
Plymouth. Um, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Although we all know their ambitions only uh, just to try and finish above us. So, uh, you know. Oh, apparently, they've got the uh, best manager outside of the Premier League, as he likes to call himself. Yeah, well, you know, he like, may be the best at gobbing off and uh, talking rubbish, but, you know, we can discuss that when we uh, get the enjoyment of meeting them this season and uh, hopefully laughing at them again. So, um, but sort of back to, to Luton. Um, you know, Nathan Jones has come in and finally done what uh, all all other managers uh, seem to have struggled to do with Luton, and that's get them out of League Two um, and and try and sort of get them back up the league game where I think uh, they sort of seem to feel like they should be. Um, do you do you expect uh, Nathan Jones to get a warm welcome to Fran Park? Uh, warm, uh, yeah, maybe a cup of Bovril over his head, but uh, definitely <laughs> uh, definitely not the nice kind. Um, I think uh, I was reading today um, these sort of flashback memories regarding the the previous fixture at Fratton Park where uh, he uh, publicly decided to to criticise us for, uh, shall we say, uh, making their players uh, a little bit wound up after they decided to, uh, you know, sort of tell our our staff where to go when we tried to help them. So uh, I'm sure he's not going to be flavour of the week down at Fratton Park, that's for sure. You know, Luton aren't always a a popular team anyway, most places, and uh, definitely not going to be a warm welcome for them when they visit Fratton Park on Saturday. And I think that makes it all the more difficult for them, really, Hugh. Um, I I think, you know, obviously they've been down there before at Fratton Park and and they've seen, you know, how, how intimidating the atmosphere can be. But, I mean, when we all know, you know, when the fans are on the back of an away team and, you know, it's a massive home fixture to start the season off. I think it, overall, you know, I think we're, we're going to come out on top on that one for it. I think so. And you look at, um, they've got Danny Hilton's, he's out suspended, isn't he? He's at last game of a three-game suspension. I think he actually would cause, you know, our defenders more problems than Collins because you know, we've got what more at the back. We've got, you know, yeah. Clark at the back who are both really good in the air. I think um, Danny Hilton being out is going to really, you know, play in Pompey's favour. Definitely, yeah. I mean, he, he's a handful. Um, he, he likes to get in defenders' faces, um, which, you know, kind of goes back to, to sort of experience at the back, you know, and I think that's where um, last season we, we wouldn't have had so much that leader at the back to, to control the, the tempo of a game. Um, and now we've got that, you know, I think... Yeah, we've got Brown. Um, yeah. Thompson's and I think, not suspended as well. He, yeah. He's there. Well, give it until, you know, five o'clock on Saturday. I'm sure he probably will be if we all know Nathan Thompson. <laughs> but uh, that's my personal mm. opinion anyway. Uh, yeah. I know he's a big fan favourite and obviously we all... Uh, no, we love Nathan Thompson. Nathan Thompson yeah. is, a, is a big guy. So... Um, Happy with that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's great that Hilton's out. I think it's a real plus for us to take. Um, although I'm sure they're going to be looking at it from their court and saying that uh, we haven't got Jamal Lowe, which is a, a humongous miss for yeah. us. Let's move on to Pompey now. That's enough about Luton. Pompey, yeah. Jamal Lowe, he is out after an injury, an ankle injury, two to three weeks, um, suffered at Utrecht. Yeah. I remember I was, I was watching the game and I thought that could be a, you know, a bit of a nasty injury and maybe two to three weeks you know, isn't that bad considering an ankle injury, but who's going to replace him? And Matt, I think Evans is, is the natural fit that Jacket will slide in, um, in his position. Oh, right 100%, 100%. And I mean, Gareth Evans is almost uh, the perfect replacement, really. I, I personally believe for Jamal Lahr, I mean, he's got the same work ethic, you know, he brings great character to the team, um, knows the squad, um, you know, and he, he's certainly one of the more senior members in there now. So, 
perfect replacement in my eyes. I don't. I really couldn't see anything else. But if anyone's got any opinions, shout us up on Twitter. We'd yeah. love to hear it. Um, obviously, everyone I think is is divided sometimes on this. So I mean, do you think we're going to be playing? I'm, I'm looking at the formation for Saturday. And I'm thinking that Jackie probably sticks with the four four two against Utrecht. Yeah. Slides yeah. Evans in on, on the right hand side. And then just keeps it the same as it was. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless there's going to be a shock signing that's going to come in before Saturday, um, I think he's going to have to keep it like that. Or alternatively, I think he would want to keep it like that. Um, I mean, I can't see Hawkins coming in. He's not really gone with Chaplin in, in the game at home to Utrecht. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't strike me with confidence. So, I but think is it, it's is, it, to be is it all building though, Matt? Is it all building for this this mystery striker to come in up front and slide yeah. Curtis back to left wing? Because as good as Houndstrip is, and you know, he's a good young player, and I think he's he's improving every season. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I really want to see us get a new striker in uh, and put Curtis back to left wing, and then I think the team looks it looks good. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I personally can't see it happening before Saturday um, and even if it did I, I can't see that player coming in and, and you know sort of being able to be you know 100% match fit for the game on, on Saturday but I think if that striker does come in again I think the formation changes I don't think the four four two sits there any longer um, I think we're, we're possibly looking at a, you know maybe a four two three one. What do you think it will change it up if we bring in someone new or um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the team now, and I'm thinking if you go four four two, you've got to have two strikers you've got confidence in, and at the moment, I think Hawkins is you know still developing at this level. Yeah, 100%. Chaplin seems out of favour. You got Pittman, you can pencil him in. Yeah, but then we need someone else. If you're going to play that formation, and I think Jacket looks to me like he's lining it up to add someone to the squad. So. We'll see if there's no changes to the squad. Does he change the formation or does he stick there? And does he believe Ronan Curtis can you know play as a striker or not? Um, okay, let's do our match predictions, Matt. Yeah, so um, obviously we can count on your one already, uh, same as every game last season. That's I'm right. Sure. Um, I'm I'm going for for a shock actually here. I think uh, I'm going to go for uh, one nil. Uh, you know, follow suit with you. Um, but I'm going to go for the shot goal score of Matt Clark. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a tight, nervy game. Um, and I think it's ultimately, hopefully, going to be settled on a set piece. Um, it's where we caused them problems the last time we had them down at Fratton Park. Uh, I think I remember Burgie uh, popping up with a the goal there. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's my, my hopeful outcome for the weekend and uh, might be worth a little flutter. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go on the same level here. I think it's going to be a tough-fought game. You know, Luton will bring bring a fair amount of fans. And um, I think it's going to be 1-0. I'm going to go with my man, Brett Pittman. <laughs> I feel that if you look at the stats, that's probably statistically the best way of looking at it. But also, he looked pretty fired up in, in pre-season. And I think he's got the quality to um, unlock the Luton defence, you know, which I still think is, is pretty lead to lead to quality and I think Brett's the kind of player who'll be able to exploit that uh, and give them a sort of welcome to League One sort of finish so yeah I'm going to go one one now as well Brett Pittman uh, and yeah that's it yeah, I mean let's let's uh, ultimately hope as well we can keep 10 players on the field um, obviously I'm sure we've all heard uh, who's uh, in charge for, for the game at the weekend um, the the uh, 
you know, good friend of Pompey, shall we say. Um, ultimately also known to be friends with uh, one of those oh, lot from this, down the road. This is a good story, isn't it? I remember basically me and Matt have met the ref who's going to be refing this game. Uh, do you want to tell a story, mate? Yeah, so uh, we we were in the pub garden. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we often bumped it's a little, into it's a, li- a little pub of the down past, like where we're from in Surrey. So, um, and yeah, sorry, Matt, go ahead and uh, bump yeah, it and then you. we uh, we bumped into to unfortunately Glenn Cockrell, uh, who we all know is uh, one of the uh, scummers that was beaten to a pulp on the pitch back in the day. Um, Rightly so. And there he was standing in the corner of this pub garden with that referee. Um, so. You know, being a Pompey fan, felt the need to go and query as to why he felt that was appropriate, mm. uh, and swiftly was told to fuck off. So um, obviously, he's very keen on us. And uh, I think I might have aired know. some of my um, annoyances about that sending off um, for Ertel in, in that game. Yeah, against definitely against Oxford. Yeah, yeah. after the uh, the takeover from the fans and the, and all the hype. Uh, I don't think that was such a memorable day for yourself. No, uh, I think I was I was pretty angry so much so that I managed. I was walking out of Fratton Park. I remember just just sort of waving my hands around and shouting about the game and just managed to walk clean into a lamppost and knock myself out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, should be an interesting game. Um, you know, don't, don't be afraid again to pop your thoughts on Twitter and uh, let us know if you've got any uh, opinions to any of the topics that we've covered today. Yeah. And speaking about Twitter, we're going to do uh, a, little, um, a little feature we've got going at the moment. And um, our tweet of the week today comes from Wigan fan David Naylor which you can follow at DavidNaylor83 on Twitter. Um, I put the uh, question out there for how much should Kolokov cost us from Wigan? Um, you know, I was obviously thinking about the 350k mark and he came back as uh, give us 800k. Um, reasoning is obviously because they're skin. So, <laughs> cheers the input, David. appreciate it. <laughs> and um, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Fear Forecast and um, hope you enjoy the episode. And we'll be back soon with episode two. See ya. Bye. Bye.